Welcome or welcome back to Pre-Arb Excellence, a Roots-based Chicago Cubs podcast with an eye on player development. Pull up a chair while I take a deeper dive into the concerns for the team's present and future. Questions are always welcomed, whether on Twitter, Tim815, on the Anchor Contest Line, or on my Facebook, Pre-Arb Excellence Group. Thanks for stopping by for today's episode. Thanks and Arizona Phil stuff. And ask me questions if I was confusing. Now, the question is, am I going to remember that? Thanks. And Arizona Phil stuff for the proper title. Sometimes, I don't know if you've noticed this, the title that I announce and the title that the title is, sometimes are a little bit different, sometimes greatly different, sometimes, what the heck is this kid smoking? Um, so, yeah, uh, we'll see. Thanks. And Arizona Phil stuff. Um, I ran some podcasts last night, this morning, etc., etc. And now, I'm going to talk a little bit about the Cubs Marquee Network. It has nothing to do with the Cubs Marquee Network per se, but I'm going to talk a little bit about the Cubs Marquee Network. Some of the activities, some of the things that are being aired, some of the content, that's the word I wanted, some of the content is being reduced. Some of the content is being reduced because Major League Baseball has put basically a kibosh on anything having to do with contemporary Major League Baseball players. So, for instance, let's say the Cincinnati Reds had a network and they constantly had regular season, off season, whichever, whatever, a one hour interview every week with Joey Votto. And that'd be fun to watch, wouldn't it? Joey Votto just telling stories, telling stories, you know, here's what happened in a game last July. Here's what happened. Here's something that happened in a game when I was in double A ball. Here's something that happened when I was in high school. Here's something that somebody told me when they were trying to recruit me to sign with. Yeah, yeah, just, just all that. Wouldn't that be? Can't do that. Can't do that. Major League Baseball doesn't want any Major League Baseball player content at all. None. Not a thing. Nowhere. No point to have um, Jim Deshays on talking about well, who's going to be, how's Ian Happ going to do if you're not supposed to talk about Ian Happ? Nothing. So it's really hard to have content for Marquee Network, Major League Baseball, all they're doing, MLB Network, probably all they're doing is water carrying for the owners, which is basically what they do. Um, you know, maybe they will show a game from you know, 1991 or whatever, but they're not going to show anything recent because they don't want to acknowledge the players who are on strike. Or, no, excuse me, the players who are locked out, not on strike. Old habit, my mistake. I apologize. So since there's no real Major League Baseball content, it's been kind of tough for Marquee Network to fill the hours, apparently, apparently. So you would think that 
something like what that I'm doing would be negatively impacted by, but it's not. My numbers, I, I'm not going to say the numbers, but my numbers for my podcasts recently, they're up. They are absolutely up. You guys have been fantastic. I am very appreciative. Uh, the um, other side of the Chris Bryant trade, the number on that was, oh my goodness, that's only been out for a day or so. And it's already up to that number? Wow, cool. You guys have been fantastic. I love it. I appreciate it. If there is a podcast that I have that you think, you know, this would be kind of a cool podcast for that one person over there to share stuff. Feel free. Feel free. Hit like, hit share, hit follow, all that kind of stuff. I think that a lot of you guys are following me because I'm not doing a whole lot of uh, cross-promoting on Facebook or anything like that as far as for the podcasts. Uh, Anchor's kind of made that tough. But... um. Yeah, as far as the thanks, you guys have been fantastic at listening. I don't know if I'm a better podcaster or not. I I have no idea on that. The the uh, comments I get from people are usually how uh, how absurd and how stupid and how silly and how ridiculous it is. But hey, you know, I appreciate the numbers. I appreciate you listening. If you are listening, I appreciate it for whatever your reasoning is. Now, I want to talk a little bit about Arizona Phil. A little bit about an Arizona Phil idea that happened to come up kind of recently, sort of accidentally. Sort of accidentally. Actually, I won't hold off on that. Just a little tiny bit. Just a little tiny bit. I want to talk about my content on Bleed Cubby Blue. My content on Bleed Cubby Blue and also my content on Patreon. Because I'm trying some stuff. I'm checking to see, is this going to work? I want to come up with a mousetrap. Some of you are fantastic at following the minor league stuff. Some of you are fantastic at following the college stuff. So you, you all have your specialities. And for whatever reason, you um, circle around the honeybee that is either my Twitter or my Bleed Cubby Blue or my Patreon or my Anchor or my whatever. And I appreciate it. But I'm trying to do more stuff this year. And since Bleed Cubby Blue has nothing, really, there's nothing to write. Today, my article got bumped because the Cubs signed minor league pitcher Mark Leiter Jr. My article got bumped for an hour. Because of that. Not, no problem. Because, you know, hey, that's legitimate Cubs news. But that's what's getting me bumped. That's now what's getting me bumped. It's not a case of somebody is doing an article on, well, I went out to... A, there's nothing. There's nothing. So what that means is, if I have content, I might as well roll with it. Because Al, my editor, he doesn't really have a whole lot. You know, you get something in the morning, you get something in the afternoon, but... He's now getting used to, I have an article every day on a minor league player. Now I'm lined up beyond Christmas. And it's, it, 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 I, my goal is to go at least into February. And by the time I get there, then I'll, who haven't I done? Jeez, I haven't done an article on him yet. Why, why, why haven't I? And then I'll punch, punch out an article on him and somebody else. 
an article I did on the Patreon today. Kinda, I'd done this sort of a little bit before. But um, on Bleed Cubby Blue, I had an article on James Triantos today. And my four o'clock article was a draft mock, a mock draft. Um, a mock draft by, I think it was Jim Callis, which came out with a spate of minor league prospect news. Because why is Major League Baseball talking about minor league prospects now? Yeah, you're right. You're right. That's exactly why Major League Baseball is talking about minor league baseball prospects. Because they're not union members. That's not who the lockout is about. The lockout is about the major league players. The lips are being stapled shut. The tongues are being cut off about major league players. Y'all can talk about minor league players. Y'all can talk about college players. Y'all can talk about high school players, but you can't talk about major league players. See how that works? So I was looking at some lists, working on a map, which I have a love-hate relationship with. Um, working on my list and I ran into a name. It's like, Ooh, I want to do a draft prep article on this specific player. And as I was doing an article on that player, major league baseball popped their top hundred list. It's like, Oh, well that player, he can wait a while. I like my article. I like where I'm going with it. Like the entire premise all that kind of stuff. But if they're going to drop their top 100, I got to look at the top 100. So I started to look at the top 100. I looked at one specific name and one specific category and that one specific name. I realized, wait a minute. I got to do an article on that player. You'll see it soon. You'll see it soon. But I got halfway through that and Jim Callis had a mock. I looked at the mock. I got an article on the guys the Cubs drafted. Uh, Cubs were assigned in the mock. So all of a sudden, I, it, it's like the uh, classical musician who finishes his fourth symphony before his second symphony because he started working on his second and they started working on his third and they started working on his fourth. He finished his fourth before he finished his second. I finished the after before I finished the before. So it goes. Uh, but yeah, I, I'm writing a lot on the draft. I'm writing a lot on prospects and a whole bunch of other people are, well, go ahead. I, they have nothing else to write on necessarily because all the major league baseball players are being systematically chopped out. So in the process of talking about players who are in the process of being drafted, I say, you know what? I want to take a little tiny bit of break from writing because I'd been doing a bit of writing and I like to write some and then take a little bit of time off, do a little silly stuff, watch something on YouTube. I say, you know what? I haven't watched a college baseball game in a while. So I clicked 2021 college baseball and I was reminded that there was a Virginia Tech Clemson game on YouTube. Two or three, you got that. Two or three, you understood that. And I'm very impressed. That's very impressive that two or three of you got that. 
Clemson doesn't really have any, I think Mick Anglin is on my college draft map from Clemson. Right-handed relief pitcher, I think. But Virginia Tech, Gavin Cross. Gavin Cross was included in, I think he was included in, Jim Callis' mock. Didn't go to the Cubs. That would be Dylan Lesko. That's what my article today is. Go check it out. Um, Gavin Cross, left-handed hitter, right-handed, right fielder, left-handed hitting, right fielder, first baseman, DH. Gavin Cross for Virginia Tech against Clemson. I figured, hey, I want to go watch this game. And what I did was I broke down Gavin Cross's at-bats. In that game, he was the designated hitter. So there's no defense. As it turned out, there's no base running of his to assess in the game. Um, I watched his at-bats. Here's the first at-bat. Here's the situation. Here's the second at-bat. Here's the situation. Here's Here's where you will find it ish on your um on your stream as far as the YouTube clip for it bats. Here's where you want to go to look. Here's where you're going to go to look. Here's where you want to go to look. Here's where you want to go to look. Uh the three pitchers. One of them was a July draft pick of the New York Metropolitans. The next two relief pitchers pitched in the prestigious, I'm required to say that, um, Cape Cod League. So he's playing against good pitchers. And I make you go look. I make you go look to see how Gavin Cross did. But what I want to do, review college players, write on college players, write on Cubs prospects, write on this, write on that. They have a podcast periodically. Have a podcast on this. Have a podcast on that. Have a um, Patreon article on this because I want you guys to have plenty of stuff to read and hopefully maybe some of you will say you know what you're not doing a horrible job hopefully so um but yeah the uh I'm going to say a little bit ago I started watching a Vanderbilt Carter Young shortstop game against Tennessee William Spence, drafted by the Cubs. And I seem to remember the game. I thought I, thought I did. Um, as I'm watching it, it's it's eventuating out a little bit differently than I think. But Carter Young's going to be a good ball player. Carter Young is going to be a worthwhile have for a major league team. Very good grasp of the zone. Plays very well defensively at shortstop. Has a bit of pop in his left-handed bat. Uh, switch hitter. But, um, yeah, I'm starting to watch some games that are on YouTube so I can get more familiar with the players atop the draft board because once February arrives, I want to be more prepared than I have been before. Now I want to talk about Arizona Phil. Back, while back, uh, 45 minutes ago, hour ago, Somebody popped a, I think it was North Side Bound. They're doing some good stuff. North Side Bound is doing some good stuff. Look them up on Twitter. Uh, look them up on your wherever North Side Bound. They're talking quite a bit about Cubs minor league prospects. I don't necessarily specifically agree with them all the time, but they're doing a nice job. There's some stuff there. 
you should follow what they're doing or at least be aware of what they're doing. And if something looks like it is um, worth checking out, then check it out. They had a list of the top 20 Cubs prospects 20 and below. No, tw 20 and below? Or is it? No, top 20, under 20. I think it's top 20, under 20. I could look, but I'm not going to. I think their article is top 20, under 20. So you have the Reggie Preciados. You have the Ed Howards. You have the Christian Hernandez. At the bottom, they tack on Alexis Hernandez, who they're going to sign soon, etc., etc., etc. And I had to look down the line because you, if you know me, I had to look to see if Christian Hernandez was uh, joined by his um, teammate in the Dominican, um, Pedro Ramirez. Pedro Ramirez. I got to look. I, I got to look to see if he's there. I've got to look to see if he's there. And he was. He was. He was down toward the bottom, um, which I'm completely good with because he has played no games with the box scores in the United States. So it is completely legitimate to say, well, who knows? He might be good too. Uh, he had some good numbers, but we really don't know how that's going to uh, translate, parlay, all that kind of stuff. Completely good with that. So I was looking at their assessment, and they said that um, Ramirez will either scoot over to second if Cristian Hernandez is at short in Mesa, or if Cristian Hernandez bumps up to Myrtle Beach, which could happen. All depends upon how he does in Mesa. That's how all the decisions are made. Then uh, Pedro Ramirez could play shortstop. I said, well, Pedro Ramirez is going to play shortstop on one team and Cristiano Hernandez is going to play short on the other. Because the Cubs are going to have two or possibly even three teams in the Dominican, uh, in the um, Arizona League. Arizona Summer League. And whichever person from Todd Johnson? I can't remember which one it was, but no. They, it, let, me look, let me look. Let me look. Uh, Twitter, Twitter, Twitter. North side bound. With the 180 limit, the odds of having a second team in Mesa in 2022 is pretty slim. That was the response. Hmm. I don't know about that. I don't know about that. There were some teams who were able to pull off one hundred um, two teams in the uh, compound league last year. I don't have the numbers in front of me. I could probably look them up. I'm not going to, though. I think it was about eight or ten. Maybe it was six. Six, eight, ten, something like that. Six, eight, ten teams had... Two different squads. Now, what you're looking at, the 180 limit is a solid limit. By solid, there isn't wiggle room. You can't say, well, they said 180, but actually we want to have 184. No, it's not like that. It's, it's kind of like during the offseason, the Major League 40-man roster is 40. You can't say, but I want to be 42. No, it's it's actually 40. There's a little tiny bit of wiggle room in that when a player gets placed on the 60-day disabled list, 
he does not count against the 180-player limit. As such, when a player like Cole Franklin goes the entire season and does not pitch, he goes on the 60-day injured list and doesn't count against any of the limits. So, because of that, the Cubs had Cole Franklin's roster spot recycled. And I don't know how close close attention you're paying. There are a lot of Cubs pitchers who did not pitch or missed a whole bunch of time. Jack Patterson out the whole year. Um, Peyton Remy missed the last bunch of the season. Whole bunch of players missed a whole bunch of time and went on the 60-day injured list. So while the spot was reloaded, you can't necessarily go out and, oh, here is a perfectly functional double-A starting pitcher that's revved up and ready to go seven innings that just happens to be unemployed. Those don't happen. You have a guy that can pitch seven innings in double-A ball, He's pitching in double-A for you. You don't just cut those guys. You don't release them. Uh, oh, well, I'm going to release this guy, and uh, you know, maybe somebody else. No, if he's that good, you'll want to hang on to him. What ended up happening with the Cubs, I ended up looking at the back end of the season. Back end of the season, the Cubs had a number of pitchers who were either done for the year, kind of, sort of done for the year, a bit done for the year. Example of that, I'll use Ben Leeper. Ben Leeper, late in the season, he wasn't injured. He was not injured. I think he pitched one game in August, and then through the end of September, he was done. Well, why was that? You know, was he in? No, he wasn't injured. The Cubs just didn't want to pitch him. If it would have gotten to a situation where they absolutely had to pitch him, send him out for an inning because it's absolutely essential because, you know, the rest of the team has COVID or whatever, he could have pitched, but the Cubs really didn't want him to pitch. He was doing some side work, probably getting in plenty of work anyway. But they didn't want to pitch him in games. They didn't need to pitch him in games. They didn't want to have to have him in a situation where he's pitching in a game. So there were a whole bunch of players in the system who, well, he's not really injured, 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 but he's not going to pitch. So there were a whole bunch of players who, well, he's on the roster. He's not really injured, but he's not going to pitch. Then you had, also, you had a whole bunch of players a whole bunch of players who were, for instance, outfielders. A whole bunch of outfielders. Have like, what, 12 outfielders in Mesa. On one team. How do you play 12 outfielders in one game? You don't. You have one team. You have one... I think they're probably allowed like 30 guys on a daily roster. Well, here's the 30 guys we can play. The other guys, are they hurt? Maybe yeah, maybe nah. But they're not going to play. They're not on the 30-man roster for the day. The Cubs didn't have enough pitching. The Cubs did not have enough pitchers to have 
a second team in Mesa. They just didn't. Too many guys were injured. Too many guys were lit up. So, as you see the Cubs acquiring low minor league pitchers who possibly may or may not be able to go two, three, four innings in a game. Maybe they're from a school you've heard of. Maybe they're from a school you've not heard of. Maybe they were at driveline two weeks ago. These are guys that they're going to get used. They're going to get used somewhere. Playing somewhere against somebody in some kind of a game. The Cubs would be benefited in having two games going on in the Arizona Compound League. But last year, they didn't have enough pitchers to do that. Well, this guy's kind of healthy, but he's not going to go over an inning. This other guy, he might be able to pitch, but he's only good for two. If you're not going to be able to pitch a game, don't have a team. And after the Cubs decided, they'd have loved to have had another team, but they didn't have enough healthy arms. This guy's injured. This guy's coming off Tommy John surgery. This guy's going to Tommy John surgery. Da-da-da, whatever. They just didn't have enough live arms to, yeah, we got plenty of guys. We're going to go out and pitch. We're going to go out and play a seven-inning game today. We're going to go out and play a nine-inning game today. They'd love to go out and play nine-inning games. But if you don't have enough players to play a nine-inning game, you can't play a nine-inning game. If you don't have enough players to play a seven-inning game, if you don't have enough guys in your organization that are going to be able to pitch, you don't have a second team. Now, Arizona Phil, <sighs> read his stuff. Every once in a while, swing by. You don't have to go every day. Every couple, three, four days, go over, check, see what's going on. Arizona Phil had had a comment back a while ago that both warmed the cackles of my heart and pissed me off, both at the same time, in equal amounts. Warmed the cackles of my heart and pissed me off in equal amounts. How can you do that? Well, what he said was, teams have realized, teams have realized that having a setup like had been in place in 2019, where the Cubs had two teams in Mesa, and above Mesa, but below low A, they also had the Eugene Emeralds. So if you have a guy in your organization, he's better than Mesa. He's better than Mesa. But he's not good enough to be in low A. There are those guys. Or perhaps he's better than Mesa, but he might not be better enough to make your low A team. Possibly might be good enough to play left field for you. Center field, right field, third base, catcher, whatever. But you already have a guy who's playing that position, who's doing well enough, and you're not going to bench the guy who's already in, as it would be now, Myrtle Beach, to get this other guy playing time. Executives are realizing, you know what? It's really useful having a level between the compound level and low A ball. It's really useful. My example of that is Ezekiel Pagan. Ezekiel Pagan was much better than the Arizona Compound League. Much better. 
uh, four-figure OPS, 1.079. I don't know what it was, but it was. I could look it up. I'm not going to. He was better than the compound league. Sent him to the Myrtle Beach Pelicans. He was probably as good as that league, possibly not better than, but he was as good as that league. But they also had, by that time of year, you know, Owen Casey, Christian Franklin. They had Jordan Wogu. They had, uh, you know, Hendrick Piango. You know, all these guys. There's only so many roster spots. There's only so many spots in the lineup. It would have been really useful for Ezekiel Pagan specifically. Send him to Eugene. Let him play there every blasted day. Eugene wasn't an option. There was Mesa. There was one team in Mesa. There was Myrtle Beach. And there was nothing in between. Major League executives are realizing, per the Arizona Phil article, and he knows people. He knows people. He talks to people. Major League executives are realizing, you know what? There are players that belong at a level above the compound league, but below low A ball. Above compound, below low A ball. But that's gone. That's gone. That, that, that opportunity is now gone. So what some of the executives, the forward-thinking executives, the executives on the teams who are thinking, we want to win, we want to develop talent, we want to kick the asses of the teams that really don't try. You probably know the teams I'm talking about. If you have that sort of a discussion, you know, you, you, you self-separate. Who, who, are, who are the teams that, now nah, we're really not going to try. We're really not going to try at any level. We're just going to do the very basement and uh, only have one Dominican League team and not, you know, not do anything as far as um, trying to maximize the draft or anything. There are teams like that. One could argue the White Sox are a team like that sometimes. Um, not really focused on player development. Players will figure it out or they won't. But the important the Dodgers would love extra at-bats, extra innings pitched for their players who are between, betwixt and between, Compound level and low A ball. My guess, Cleveland would like that. Tampa Bay would like that. The Cubs would like that. I think the Giants would like that. Some teams, probably not so much. Probably it's a little below half. So what you end up having, if it were 95% of the teams wanted to do that thing and have the level in between, then they would find a way. But it's kind of hard, especially with as, who was it? 
Was it just north side bound? Yeah, north side bound. With 180 player limit, it's tough. Okay. 25 man rosters. Stretch it to 28. Because you're going to have some guys who are hurt, guys who are on the on the short term injured list. Twenty five times four gives you a hundred. Twenty guys injured, you got sixty more. You can possibly fit if you properly accessorize your roster. A second team. If you want. If your players are healthy, if your pitchers are healthy, if all that kind of stuff, you can probably have a second team. But with the 180-player limit, it's really difficult to create a third team. Because after all, 100 is 100. 100 is 100. That leaves you 80. Now you have 80. Now you have some guys that are going to be injured all the time. Some guys are going to be injured. So how are you going to get a third team? One of the comments Arizona Phil was talking about was reducing the injured list that gets the players to not count against the 180-player limit. Drop that to a 30-day injured list instead of a 60-day injured list. So if somebody is out with a severe quad strain, they're actually probably going to be out 22 days, 23, 24. Put them on the 30-day list. Send them back to Arizona or Florida when they're done. Get them prepped, get them back and ready to go, and then bring them back. And then they would be back on the 180-person limit, and somebody else probably replace them on the 30, on the 30-day injured list. Teams want to maximize player development. Teams, Some teams want to maximize the damage that they're pipeline is causing. I was listening to a um, game today between Liverpool and who Liverpool play today. One of the bottom draggers. Um, I'm going to see if I can figure this out. Don't need that screen up. I'll look to the athletic. That'll tell me. The athletic. Soccer. Liverpool. The heck was it that they played? Alrighty, screen. You can go anytime you want. Um, Newcastle. Yeah, they beat Newcastle 3-1 to one today. And they were talking on the soccer broadcast about how someone... They, um, Liverpool spends quite a bit on free agent talent. 
not surprisingly. Spend this, spend that, spend the other thing. This big money name, this big name, this popular person, this guy, this guy, that guy, the other guy. And um, one of the guys who's been doing all the damage, uh, a bunch of the damage recently for Liverpool is a guy who was on their under-18 team. Oh, this guy's actually kind of good. Maybe we should put him on the big club. No, oh, he's actually really good. Well, kind of works in Major League Baseball sometimes. Instead of the big money signing, it's the guy who you just happen to have in double A, triple A. Same kind of thing. I don't know if the executives are going to be able to find out a way to have a third team in the compound level. Because that's the only way they can do it. They're, they're not going to be able to have... Well, we're going to have one team in Purge even have teams. You know, they gave up the cities that we're used to having them. You know, you're not going to stick the entire premise of having um, the compound so much bigger and so much more pervasive is teams wanted them to stay there. And they also wanted to cut payroll. So a little bit of both. But, um... I don't know if they're going to be able to have a third team. The Cubs are going to do anything possible, I think, to have a second team in Mesa. Pretty much anything possible. Draft a pitcher. Look, look, you look at the draft last year. Whole bunch of whole bunch of pitchers. Who? Maybe this guy goes one or two innings. Maybe this guy goes three or four innings. But they're young enough, they're at lower, low enough levels that they can potentially chip in and help out. Help out and players like recent draft picks or recent um, players who have recently come over from the Dominican Summer League. Even if they aren't good enough to be fantastic at the compound level, they can go out and give innings. If the Cubs have a player that comes from the Dominican League, he can go out and pitch, I don't know, what, four, four innings once a week, Four innings once a week and gives up two, two, three runs. Two, three runs a game. That's fine. That's totally acceptable. Because it's not about we absolutely have to win every set. That doesn't happen. The goal is try to get a situation set where the Cubs can have a second and possibly a third team at the compound level. The Cubs can have a second team at the compound level that's more at bats for the players. They can have a third team that's more at bats for the players and more innings for the pitchers. But it takes manpower. It takes having players who are healthy. It takes having players who are looking like they're going to be healthy because when you get to a point where 
you've already decided we're only going to have one team. We're only going to have one team in Mesa. You really don't have to do a whole lot of manipulation. Really don't have to do a whole lot of manipulation. You've already decided we're only going to have one team. There's not a whole lot of manipulation to do. If there is a second team, then yeah, you're going to do some manipulating. This guy here, ooh, well, let's see. He can actually probably pitch, but we're going to put him on the 30-day injured list or the 60-day injured list or whatever. Then bring in another guy because this guy's going to be out for a couple weeks, and if we bring in somebody else, the other guy's going to be healthy and we can actually play through the season. Sometimes you have to manipulate. If you only have one team, you don't have to manipulate, not hardly at all. The goal is to have a second team. And if at all possible, the forward-thinking teams are going to try to develop a third team, with the third team being the equivalent of the team the Cubs used to have in, a, in Eugene. I don't know if they'll be able to pull it off. And therein is one of the problems with the owners. People like to say, all the owners are exactly the same. Well, no, really they're not. Some of the owners do want to have their organization be the best it can possibly be. Others don't. Others don't. Some are pot committed to having their organization be the best that it can possibly be. Others are, nah, I'm just going to mail in the effort and cash the checks. And they're trying to negotiate with each other. The owners that want to have the every year spending of $104 million on payroll are having votes with the owners who are saying, how the hell am I going to keep below $180 million and still be able to compete for my division title every year? They're not all of the same mindset. It takes 23. It takes 23 to agree. And there are probably a lot more that are less likely to spend than are more likely to spend. So you get the teams like the Dodgers, like the Yankees, like the Red Sox, like the Giants, honestly, like the Rays, like Toronto, who realize it is important for us to maximize the production we get from our minor league pipeline and to do that, we have to be able to spend money and have roster space for the maximum number of players. That is the mindset of some owners. And some owners are, nah, we don't really care. Washington, White Sox, they had teams that won less than a third of their low A games last year. The Frederick Nationals, Terrible. The Canapolis Cannonballers were terrible. You don't have a team that's that terrible 
at the low A level. Low A level, low A level, not double A. Low A level. You don't have a team that bad at the low A level. If you're trying, you just don't. You just don't. And of course, those two teams were in the Myrtle Beach League. And Myrtle Beach played between those two teams. Let me see. No games. None. Not a single one. 12-team league. Neither one was in Myrtle Beach's division. And Myrtle Beach went to neither place. And neither team came to Myrtle Beach. Myrtle Beach played the toughest schedule in the league. Was just under 500. Came in second place. And played against the best team in the league. In their division. And of course people say Ed Howard had a horrible season. Yeah, well, whatever. Thank you guys so much for listening. I seem to have gone on quite long enough today. Thanks for listening. And just maybe, perhaps... The Cubs, in their front office, in their scouting, in their player development, in their all that, everything, come up with a way that they can figure out a way to have a second team in Mesa in 2022. You give me a second Cubs team in Mesa in 2022, I'm probably going to be all good. Thanks for stopping by and have a great weekend.